You're listening to the world's only pro wrestling podcast, the VIP Lounge, bringing you the best in pro wrestling, new school guests, interviews, and opinions. Brought to you by ReeseRyanBrand.com. And here's your host, the VIP champion, the king of swag, Reese Ryan. What is going on, you guys? Oh, man, I have missed you so, so, so much. Welcome back to the VIP Lounge Pro Wrestling Podcast with me, Reese Ryan. Honestly, it feels like it's been a lifetime ago since I've done one of these. Uh, my last time, my last one was with Dean Olmark. Uh, you can check them all out over on Spotify. I'm also on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can access them all directly from my website, ReeseRyanBrand.com. So today, I can't wait to get started with this guest, a uh, independent pro wrestling drag queen, uh, absolutely making waves, uh, as are all my guests, all fantastic, fantastic people with so many things to learn from. Uh, we're also going to talk about Pride Pro Wrestling. Uh, however, before we get into all this, into the nitty gritty of my podcast, unfortunately, guys, I cannot do this on my own. So uh, we're going to go and we're going to have a word from our sponsors we'll be right back the vip lounge pro wrestling podcast is brought to you by amaas hemorrhoid cream with the patented anti-swell formula we know you'll love amaas compared to our competitors on the market use code vip cream amaas for 20 percent off today and we're back. Thank you very much uh, to my sponsor there. As I say, guys, uh, it's just part and parcel of the of the podcast here. You guys get to access this for absolutely free. So I need someone to help me out uh, to get on with this. So thank you very much to them. So now let's get into it. What you've all been waiting for. Here- Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here they are. Visage. Hey, what's going on? Hi, baby. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, very good. I'm so psyched to be speaking to you. How's how's life? How's things? Quiet. Corona's got us down. I mean, I've gone back to being able to like train at the, you know, wrestling gyms. So uh-huh. that's been nice for the last twelve weeks. But um, nothing else. There's only so much makeup and taking photos of myself that can <laughs> pass the time. Have you um have you done the thing that a lot of workers are doing at the minute? Have you dabbled in an OnlyFans to try and pay your way? Do you know what? I did tweet about it the other day, actually. I was genuinely considering just putting pictures of my cats up on OnlyFans. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's a, if my finances don't get any better, I mean, I'm sure there is a, I'm sure there's a market out there. When you say cats, like plural, how many cats have you got? I have two. Oh, so. two cats. And they're, they're, they must be pretty beautiful if you think oh, they're people. They are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. I put a picture on Twitter the other day as a little tease. Um, so we'll see. Well, was see. it just like kind of a like a like a a little poor shot, like a little? Oh, uh... This is them full on. Like it looks like they're laughing in the picture. You'll get, just go check it out on Twitter. You'll enjoy it. So um, hop on Twitter, guys, and check out Visage's pussy. Yeah, oh, pussies. <laughs> I have two. Well, you know, you got it. You got to make your money somehow, I suppose. Uh, tell me about. Um, have you got like the ring rust and stuff like that? Um. Not so much now because I've been training for like 12 weeks again back in the ring. But that first week was unbearable. 
unbearable. Literally just running the ropes, just feeling the rope, like how hard the ropes are on your back. And just, oh, it was awful. That first week, I felt like I actually wanted to cry. I, it, there was a split second where I thought, this, is it worth it? <laughs> when you when you say about a, a split second that makes me think so you do like the splits in your act right uh, can yeah. you still can you still do that after you know all uh, these months of just sitting there and like yeah they're not as pretty as they used to be i'll be honest <laughs> but you know i think once adrenaline kicks in when there's actual audience there um who knows? Oh man, I could see it so much. You're gonna you're gonna get on your first show and you're gonna be kind of limbering up. You're gonna be like, yeah, man, I'll be able to do the splits, no problem. And then it'll get to that spot and you'll end up doing like an X Pac or something and just oh, like tearing everything open. Absolutely. I mean the the one benefit of you know tucking during the whole performance of it, the aspects. I mean, there's one thing less in the way, you know what I mean? So it's okay. <laughs> oh my god, that that's something else as well. I completely forgot that you you took while you wrestled. So like the, the thing is, how the hell does that work? Because like not going into like you know I don't want to be too crude this early on in the podcast, but like for me, I uh, for maybe my first year or so uh, when I was working, I um I I tried to wear like a cup. Um, but I, I thought that like taking front bumps and that thing was more painful than yeah. just than just not having it there. So like, how does that work? Do you do you not kind of like does it not catch like where you do like a leg drop or something like that? Uh, not uh, oh. not really because everything's inside of me. Oh my god! <laughs> it's all it's all inside me and taped away, so it doesn't actually. I can't really. I can feel it, but not um, not really. You know what I mean? Like so, so maybe. So maybe we should all just like if it's tucked away, we should all yeah. do it, right? Although can't you think so? But it hurts more to take like a kick to the gut because that's where. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh man, this is well, making me cringe. I mean, drag and wrestling is painful. So when you add them both together, um, I'm not in a very comfortable <laughs> position from the get-go, really. I suppose not. The um, the I was going to ask you a bit later on, but this kind of fits well into it. Would you ever do drag like not on a wrestling show? Would you like do just do a drag show? Mm. I was thinking about it just before everything like kicked off with Corona. Um, but the only problem was, is and was still, it's just there's not enough time. Like, because drag and wrestling pretty much now are on the same days, you know, normally that Thursday to Sunday stretch. And I mean, I probably, I could do it, but it would leave me very little time to sleep. Because obviously wrestling is an all day thing. You know it yourself. Like once you get to like travel in and get into a venue and before you even go out and before you leave like that's a all day situation like you can leave a show at 11 and then that's when drag shows are starting so uh -huh. if I did it, it would be very much like i'd have to have a few coffees <laughs> i mean but then again it's wrestling and wrestling and drag i feel like it's all enough energy drinks anyway what would you um what would you do because i you know I, I i love drag and I, I go to some drag shows i saw um what did I, in London, I saw Bianca Del Rio um, do kind of do like a charity show. And I, I was like so up close and personal. And uh, and I love what she does with like the kind of the comedy side of it. Like, what would you what would be your thing? Like if, if you didn't have to if you didn't have a wrestling, like if you were going to do a drag show, would you be like one of the singers? What would you do? <laughs> I definitely wouldn't sing. <laughs> I cannot hold a tune. Um, I don't know. I think I mean, 
when I was younger and up until like 18, really, well, no, 18, 22, after I finished drama school, I did theatre and dance from like the ages of three. So maybe dance, I don't know. I think I'd like to do, if I did a drag show, I think I'd want to still like add in the elements of wrestling uh-huh. somehow. Um, I'm just having like flashbacks to like season four of Drag Race when they did that wrestling challenge. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I don't know. I I think I'd probably do like a because let's drag and wrestling is a ten minute act that you do, isn't it really? So I think I'd have to. I think I'd do a ten minute act about wrestling or I'm like my life in wrestling. Uh huh. No, that would be dope. I can imagine maybe something along the lines of like um, drag's really interactive. Like I'm just thinking off the top of my head, how cool it would be if uh you were kind of to the audience and you're like, hey, you know, who thinks wrestling's fake? And then you get them to come up and you're in all your, your shit and you and you give them like a chop or something like that. Like a drag <laughs> like but drag drag audiences would like would love that, you know? Um nice. obviously you'd probably get sued, but um but hey, you know, you don't what what's there to what's there to uh what's them for the, for them to take, you know? <laughs> We've got nothing. nothing. <laughs> There's nothing to take. Um, so, uh, so moving swiftly on, uh, uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted to speak to you, uh, is because we're, we're both, uh, taking part in this fantastic new project. Uh, it's coming, uh, summer 2021, London Pride. It's a brand new wrestling promotion, Pride Pro UK. Uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about that. What's your thoughts, uh, on this? First off, just how exciting it all is. Like, there's never, especially not in the UK that I know of, ever been a promotion that is solely based within the LGBTQI plus community. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one that I know of in the US, um, but that's it, really. Like, so it's just exciting. And also just to be like, since the announcement was made and the, you know, the the roster, it just opens your eyes to how many people within the wrestling community are also from the lgbtq plus community which you know tell me five years ago when i started that that was actually going to be a thing like i would never have guessed because that was one of the biggest you know not fears but biggest like put-offs from not wrestling sooner was that i didn't think it was a a welcoming community to you know gay and queer and lesbian people so to have a promotion that is actually getting some like massive reactions on online oh it's been huge yeah to to be running at such a big event within you know pride like the actual pride month as well is crazy and to like to see the names that are involved and not no spoiler here but for anyone that's listening but like because i don't know who's been announced at this point or what but like there are some incredible people involved like and, i'm actually genuinely excited to see like announcements and the uh another thing that stood out to me as well is like you say about um kind of how many workers and things are involved in the lgbtq plus community but also the actual wrestling fans as well and i, I feel yeah. like there there are fans out there that are, are uh, understandably scared sometimes to come to independent pro wrestling shows because they don't feel like it's a safe environment. And uh, I think it's going to be just fantastic how inclusive this show is going to feel. And I think that that is such a unique selling point for this particular
particular show because like 99.999% of not only the wrestlers, but the backstage crew, the cameraman, the referees, the actual management, they're all part of that community in some way. And, and I, I think that that is just so cool. Uh, I literally cannot believe how many people are actually involved in it. Like it's like 50 plus already. And that's just UK. Uh-huh. Like, that's mental. When I started five years ago, I could probably name like five people that I knew was like out and involved. You know what I mean? Like genuinely five. Mm-hmm. And now there's like 50. And I know some are like, you know, not out yet and will be using this to, you know, come out or show in, like show support, so, which is even more amazing that, you know, a promotion has kind of given them that freedom. I think as well, um, take um, moving away from that side of it, I think that the actual quality of what of what it looks like this show is going to be as well like for example with it being associated with bwr as well obviously they were established in 2017 i I work very closely with them but they've had like huge names like uh pack pete dunn joseph connors grado uh grizzled young veterans you know i I could go on but they've really the point is they've built a really good reputation in the north of england so for for them to be on board as well I, i think it just shows um that not only is this going to be a great lgbtq uh, plus show but also just a, a great wrestling show you know yeah that's another that's another thing it's not um it's not just you know being thrown together by people that don't know what they're doing just to cash in on you know queer workers within a, a queer celebratory month like it's not it's not a cash grab kind of thing it's genuinely done with like love and respect and support from you know people from in this community but also people from like the wrestling community from a a wrestling company that has in a very short time really built to be one of the the biggest companies in the UK now especially with you know some companies closing because of corona or other companies stopping because of other things that have happened within the last three or four months you know so Mm -hmm. I'm um, Going on to that as well, I think that this, I think it's also a huge benefit that this is one of, one of, if not the only wrestling brand which is uh, launching after the speaking out movement. And I think it's, it's taking that directly into account. Like, I won't like uh, bore the listeners, but you know, the things behind the scenes are really uh, looking promising too. So, like, the talent that have been contacted and signed, they've uh, including us as well. We've all shown DBS checks. Uh, we're also working with social services and equity to put together like safeguarding policies. And uh, there's loads of like respect in the workplace policies and things like that. Uh, I also heard that there's going to be things like check sheets for preferred pronouns and 99% of talent, again, being part of the LGBTQ plus community. But c- can you imagine that? Like like when we started as well, like I was 14. So what that was eight years ago, I would never have thought that there would be um a company that asks you what your preferred pronoun is you know could you imagine could you imagine literally like i i mean you can only trust the the queer community to do that like i mean (laughs) we take something and we run with it you know i mean like holidays celebrations birthdays we'll do it so (laughs) to take you know safeguarding as a as it's something that should have been brought into wrestling anyway, but then to like 
right, we're going to make sure it's done properly. And also, I think, like, realistically, growing up, you know, queer, I think we are just more empathetic. So it, it kind of makes it obvious that we would do that. Uh-huh. You know I mean? Like, it's just, it's, in my mind anyway, I mean, I know that there's, with the Speaking Out movement, the gays weren't, you know, excluded from that. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> there's plenty of horror stories out of there. Um, I just don't know. I think growing up within, you know, the LGBT community, I think you do become more empathetic because, you know, you are treated different from such a different, like, a younger age. Uh-huh. What, um... Why, why do you think, just, just mentioning about wrestling, uh, do you have any kind of ideas why it took so long for wrestling to catch up to like, the rest of the world? I just think it because it was such a underground boys club. I'm not, you know, not saying that all men are the problem, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, it, yeah, it was such an underground boys club up until a couple of years ago, really. Like, no one knew anything. Like, it was, it was all kayfabe. There was no, like, backstage being brought out to the public like you genuinely thought like people didn't like each other bad guys and good guys and then you know with social media it's just kind of taken a complete u-turn and everything's out there now which Uh it should be I mean I know some people hate it within the aspect of like storytelling or you know putting too much out there in a sense of you know heels and faces I get that but the actual like backstage of it and the politics of side of it and the the dark side of it really should be put out there. Uh huh. It should yeah. because otherwise you're not going to make any difference. I totally agree, and like for for me as well, I I don't I don't agree with people when they're when they say that, that you uh, too much can be put out there in that sense because at the end of the day, you suspend your disbelief. And like for for me uh, on shows, I'm a heel, but that doesn't mean that I'm gonna head on Twitter and yeah. and be unprofessional. Because at the end of the day, uh, in kayfabe or outside of kayfabe, we're in the public eye. Uh-huh. And like you, uh, just because an actor is in a film playing a villain, it doesn't mean that he's gonna go on Twitter and start calling everyone cunts. You know, like it's just like it, it, yeah, it can't ha- happen. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I mean. Especially when you look at like the leading names within the industry as well, especially like WWE and AEW, they even have like you know, be a star movements and like anti bullying. So it doesn't matter how much of a asshole heel you are within the industry, they're still doing those same campaigns, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's just like, like you were saying, we are still even in a sm- the smallest sense of the world, we are still, you know, in the public eye and we do still have people that look up to us. So we have to be responsible and we have to, you know, be kind of politically forward and say stuff about, you know, things that have happened, like the Black Lives Matter movement that happened recently. Just anything. We, we should have an opinion on it and we should be stepping up and saying something. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, something else that I wanted to touch on as well with Pride is, is like you say, the amazing roster of people that have been announced already. So uh, for those of you listening at home that may not know the full list, we've got uh, Neon Cassius, we've got Laura DiMatteo, uh, myself, uh, yourself, and finally Brad Slayer as well. And, the, and like you say, there is so much more to come. Uh, what do you think about that lineup? I think it's incredible also like how diverse which is i don't know 
I think this is the other, not, it wasn't a problem, but I think when, you know, back at like four years ago when I started, almost five, it was like, okay, so, you know, what's your character going to be? Oh, okay, is it going to be like a gay character? And then that's just labelled in one kind of, all right, that's a gay character, they'll do gay stuff. Like, <laughs> But there's so much, such a different range between like what, you know, gay stuff can be on a, a wrestling character. Like me and Cassius are completely different. Mm-hmm. Even though we're very similar, like we're very, you know, hyper feminine in the ring and very colourful. But you put the character side by side, we're nothing alike. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not. Same with, you know, Laura DiMatteo is completely opposite from myself. Same with Brad. Like Brad's not anything like, you know, Visage. Like there's such a different wide spectrum on on what being a queer performer is within wrestling. It's mm-hmm. not just what I feel like some people may have thought it was going to be a couple of years ago. Oh, man, promoters, like, I, I, the amount of conversations. The thing is, even with me, I wouldn't consider that uh, my kind of brand on shows is really anything to do with my sexuality. I don't, I don't think anyway. Um, and, like, yeah, I wear, like, a flamboyant coat, but that's about it. Um, whereas, like, um, I, even me, I've had conversation with promoters, and they're just like, all right, are you the gay one? Or, like, um, oh, there's always a token gay. And, yeah. like, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And it's like, um, and it makes you feel like there can only be one on a show. Yeah. And it, and it, it makes you automatically think. So, like, like um, you automatically think that there's going to be like heat between uh, gay workers because it's like, oh my god, um, uh, Visage and um, and Priscilla, they can't be friends because they're fighting over the same bookings, you know? And it's like, well, why? Like, ridiculous. It is. It is so stupid. I remember once having um, a conversation with. It wasn't even a conversation, really. I didn't get to say much. Um, I remember. I think I was like a year, maybe two years in. And I did a booking um, for a company, uh, one of the holiday companies. I'm not going to say which one because I'm not going to give them the time of day. Um, but when I met the promoter, the very first thing out of their mouth, did not even ask my name. They said, oh, I don't want any gay shit on the show. Literally the first thing out of their mouth. And I was like, from that moment, I was like, one, I'm never working with you again. Like, ever again. But also that kind of put me in the mindset of being like, well, fuck you i'm not even gonna wrestle like i will literally stand on the apron and just take the money and that's it like so that just reminded me about promoters and stuff but it is crazy when you do feel like sometimes back you know back in the time when it was like oh there's more than one gay on the show like what am i gonna do like i remember meeting priscilla for the first time and it was either i think where was it I don't remember. 4GW, I think. Um, and we got, we teamed together. Um, but I remember them being like, I mean, they were very respectful. So they were kind of like, oh, just do your own thing. Like, you know, if it's similar, that's fine. But if not, whatever. And like me and Priscilla talked about it. Like, again, even though, well, at that time, Priscilla was the only real drag queen wrestler that I knew at the time in the UK anyway. And I wasn't even doing like the drag at that point. Um, but I mean I do think we were probably put together because we were both gay 
<laughs> or well, like in that community sorry not just the token gays yeah <laughs> exactly and i think like for a, like last year with a few companies um me and sexsmith were either put together or put against each other and it was more like you know you're either together because you're in the community or you're gonna fight against each other because you represent two complete opposite sides of the community which i mean i don't know if this is just the way wrestling makes you feel sometimes that you're just so grateful to have like a storyline that you're like oh well we'll just we'll work with it you know like we'll make it as amazing as it possibly can and that's not slating any company i just think sometimes it can be lazy booking uh-huh you know what i mean like oh well we'll put them together because you know they're within that community and i mean i'm not knocking it because it was really fun to to do that um and again you're just grateful sometimes to have a have a story and have bookings on a show but i don't know if that's the the way forward for those bookings why can't queer wrestlers just wrestle because we want a the belt or we want there's if other issues oh man what i think so funny as well is like if you think of the stereotypical like what people think gay is right wrestling is so gay mm-hmm. oh. like like why the hell is it like oh oh it's weird that that gays are in rest- this is the most gay thing ever the gayest the gayest <laughs> if people what a- ask me what my job is it's i watch muscular oiled up men in tiny pants um touch each other <laughs> basically that's yeah. basically a job description it makes me seem to think you know i i think that there's a lot of um of like uh kind of straight wrestlers who for some reason or not have a little bit of an insecurity issue and they use the fact that they're wrestlers or the fact that they're in wrestling to make themselves feel um manly or or like you know they've got like a bit of a chip on their shoulder and i think that might be why it's kind of hard to accept that these kind of queer personalities are coming out on on the show because they 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 can't understand that if we're not the comedy where do we fit in yeah and it's like like literally like do you think that um how have you been like with regards to bookings do you think that a lot of promoters uh neglect to maybe see you in more of a main event serious light because of what you do like what what percentage of your bookings uh over your entire career have been the comedy match um that's a good question i don't i don't know maybe looking back there might have been a few where i'd get to a show and they'd be like oh you know just do like they would never say comedy it would be character uh-huh do you know what I mean? Like, but I knew what that kind of meant. It meant doing the, you know, sleep, leap, bend over so they run into an arse spot or, you know, the dirty dozen, which you've taken, you know, the head to the crotch, like those kind of spots where it, that, that, it was never, it was never phrased to me as comedy, but it was always phrased to me as like, oh, you know, just do a character match or it's five minutes. We just want to like, get the crowd up in the character which you know I, i'm not knocking because the the experience gave me i mean it, it was a good experience to get because you know it got me to work on the character and it got me to do a lot of the 
the thinking of what massage was without being thrown out there and thinking, oh, I'm going to have to do like, this massive five-star, half-an-hour uh-huh. bloodbath match, you know what I mean? And also be in character. Um, but yeah, it, pretty early on it was quite like that, um, especially early on in the massage drag character. Because, um, I mean, that's only been two years now. Um, but I say that, but then that that's where I got most of my bookings from. Uh-huh. that character oh yeah like you know there's no there's no kind of a uh, shame to be in yeah. it it's just i'm just i'm just thinking as an observation yeah i mean it, yeah it's hard it's weird to think because when you're in it you don't really see it that way you know what i mean so looking back maybe but then it gave me the opportunity to show what i could do because it would you know the first couple of matches i remember for example with defiant when i first started there um i've been going to defiant for when it was wcpw um because i used to take like joe and gabriel kidd and lucas archer and alex gracie i used to drive them up um occasionally and i would meet the booker and promoter there and they they just didn't have anything for me i mean bear in mind it was probably a different company back then as well with like you know the likes of who they were booking with like cody rhodes and Rey mysterio and all sorts um but i mean they just, I think they, one of their points that they thought is maybe that the character just wouldn't get over with that audience. Um, and then I remember getting a, a text saying like, oh, we want you on this show, on a show. It's just going to be a five, eight, a five minute like put over match for the anti-fun police at the time um, when it was Defiant. I think it was like their first couple of tapings as Defiant when they'd rebranded. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool. But I just thought that as the opportunity to like, just sell the character because i knew that the character would get over with what over 18 students and people that are drinking in a in a bar of course a drag queen character is going to get over look how popular drag races especially at the, like now and at the time um so i remember that first match with defiant it was a six-man tag it was the anti-fun police against me Darice, and Mickey the Dragon, I think Mickey the Dragon. Is that right? No, it's on YouTube. You can find it. <laughs> uh, but I remember. I think out of the five minutes that the match was, I think I was in the ring for maybe forty-five seconds to a minute. And I just instead of doing moves and instead of doing like, oh, you know, I can do a a springboard back handspring DDT split leg drop. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to get in there. I'm going to do a wig throw. I'm going to maybe do a cartwheel and I'll show my ass. And I mean, that 45 seconds made the rest of my year's bookings with them mm-hmm. because of how the crowd reacted. Like, I don't know. It, sometimes you, I feel like you just have to trust yourself because I think that was my problem you know, in between the phase of what I used to do, like the the very early Visage and then the Visage now was like, there was like this little weird dabbling phase. And I just didn't think I trusted myself. So when people gave me the opportunity to have a match on a show, I think I just tried to do way too much. Mm-hmm. And that never, never actually like got me anywhere. Yeah. Really. Because I think it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes that you're not, you're not, I'm not 
you know, Chris Brooks, and I'm not Chris Ridgeway, I'm not Ridgeway, you know, like, it's a, a very different style of wrestling, and that's okay, because wrestling, a wrestling card is a variety show anyway, so sometimes it's okay to realise that, yes, you know, I can still go, and I can still do a long match if I needed to, but it's okay sometimes just to will your ass and snatch a wig. Well, you know what, man? Like, seriously, going off on that, you can definitely go. I remember um, we were wrestling in Stoke, and and this was just one of those, um, one of those like you know throwaway comedy matches that we were just discussing, and uh, and and obviously those things they're supposed to be a, an easy night at the office. But what happened was. You clocked me, man. You clocked me with a, uh, it was like a slap. It was just supposed to be like a, I think I was healing it up at the start. And I was just like, you know, you're nothing. Uh, get out of my ring. I'm going to give you a moment to turn around. You know, all that stick, uh, whatever. And then, you, you know, you did the whole slap thing. And it was supposed to just lead me to the ropes to go off and do something else. But man, you clocked me so hard. I swear to God, like I, I, was, I was gone for like, oh, no. for like <laughs> literally about 10 seconds. And then I remember getting up and I'd forgotten the entire comedy spot. So I think you did that thing where you did the whole, you know, shoot me off the ropes, sleep, leap. And then like literally you, uh, it got to the point where you do the whole uh, backside thing. And I didn't have a clue what was going on. So my reaction was off. So I... I think the actual thing of it was lost. And then I got to the next bit where you're shoving my face in your crotch from the top rope. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm trying to remember what's going on as he's hitting me in this crotch. And I got nothing. (laughs) But man, like that was probably one of the hardest, like one of the hardest shots I've ever taken in wrestling. So you should be proud of that. Oh, proud. But also, you know, it's not great to stiff someone. So, you know, it's, um, it was a learning curve. I think that was probably, I think that's another thing from like just you know getting into wrestling. It was it's been a it's been a steep learning curve of knowing it's not um, doesn't have to be as physically as I assumed. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know it's fine. We're starting uh, Pride Pro, so I'm sure at some point I'll get you back. It's yeah, totally absolutely. Fine. Absolutely. <laughs> They're gonna be fans will be watching it and they'll they'll be like a certain part of the match and be like, damn, that yeah. looked really hard. And I'm like, it was. <laughs> I'll happily take it because I deserve it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, that's been a that was a learning curve. I think just getting into wrestling, like I don't know. I especially like I mean when I was young I did dance, I did theater, I used to do like kickboxing as well. So it's kind of like and those sports, I mean, theatre is definitely not a sport, but, you know, like dancing, kickboxing, you you go so hard out. And I mean, I don't think people realise in dance how much you actually have to, like, you've got to go for it. You can't, there's no half-hearted, like, dance. You can't, you know, it sounds so wanky to be like, you can't half-heart dance, but you really can't. Like, it's a performance element of it. So, Oh, man, I've watched, I've watched Black Swan. I know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I watch Dance Moms. That's hard enough. Um, so, no, you, yeah, those first couple of years were definitely a learning curve. And there's still moments now. I'll throw my hands up. But, you know, that's maybe what Corona's good for. I've had all this time after retrain bad habits. <laughs> oh yeah, man. I've I, you know I've heard the bitching backstage. Oh, you're not booking that Versage, are you? Oh man, th- that guy is stiff. Seriously, no. has he got a chip on his shoulder? Like he is it? Is it what? Is it because he's the gay one? Does he feel like he has to hit us harder because of that? <laughs> yeah, actually, 
actually, yes. That's how it felt sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, just before we move on as well, you know, and if you feel you don't want to talk about this, it's fine. But um, uh, a while ago, we had like a, a little conversation. You were saying about how... You felt like you were dumb arresting. You was you was feeling like you might you you were gonna quit. What what's what's made you do the U-turn there? Having time off. Honestly, like I think it got to the point where so when I first started wrestling and up to maybe like, you know, I'm I'm reaching five years now of training and being on shows. Um everything kind of happened really quickly to begin with. So when I when I first started, um I, I literally, I was, I trained for about four months before I first got, my, I got my first outside book in. Um, and then it, from there, it was, you know, every weekend pretty much. Um, I'm very fortunate with the school that I trained at, um, House of Pain, that they run like eight to ten shows a month. So a lot of my early years, like when I say that I was, I was wrestling full time, I was mostly with my academy show for the first year but I mean eight to ten shows a month is is a lot you know mm-hmm. like so even though it was an academy show and at first I wasn't getting paid for it it was a lot of you know experience and it kind of made me you know wise up to the business because at that point there were people like Gabe and Joe were still like doing shows with them occasionally as well um and then I was traveling and taking Joe and Sticks around UK. So I got a lot of shows through them. Um, and, you know, the wrestling career at that point was, it kind of was going really quickly. Like, so within the first year, my first year, so from December 2015 to December 2016, I'd done all of my checklists that I wanted to do within three years. So that's how quick it kind of went. Like, because I was getting around with promoters. <laughs> That's where the bookings came from. Yeah. Because I was getting around two promotions and, you know, talking to people and helping out and, you know, getting to know people, I was allowed more opportunities. So that first, like, two years went really, really quick. And I was doing a lot. Um, and then there was a bit of a, you know, like, four or five months where it kind of slowed down. But then the drag gimmick happened and again everything kind of went a little bit mental because I think especially then the popularity of drag race was was that a real high I mean it's high now but I think this is when people would a lot of people were just getting into it around like season nine season ten um so that again boosted it and then defiant boosted it even more um and then when defiant finished quite a lot of other companies that I was working for were either you know closing or going to less shows so a lot of my bookings started slowly started to simmer down um and at that point as well I was not in a bad place like mentally but like you know it was a there was a lot on because I just left my actual real job as well and that came with like a lot of complications with like friendships and stuff so I was in a really weird place um, and then literally I remember, I remember being on a show and I just wasn't it, well, this was all on me this was on me I'll be honest like I was you know a bit probably too rough in the ring and I, I did as you know I hit someone with a kick that was not the nicest I'll be honest um, and I just at that point I 
I don't know, I just didn't take full responsibility for it, and which, you know, is on bad on me. But I don't think mentally I was in the right place to actually be wrestling at a time. Uh-huh. So I think it was literally after that show and just driving home and it was a long, it was like a five hour drive home. <laughs> like it was a long time to really reflect on what had happened and where my head was at that time. Um, I just remember literally that car journey home being like, oh, you know, I'm not where I wanted to be wrestling wise and mentally I wasn't there. So I just wanted to have like six months off. And I do think that is because of how quickly everything happened in the first like three years having that kind of like sudden halt of things not progressing and seeing like peers get really far um, and moving on to the next step. I think that kind of like made me go, Oh, you know, a little bit scared and a little bit like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't know what I want to do. But then, yeah, I took, you know, six months off. Originally it was supposed to be six months off um, where, you know, I got my head sorted out. I stopped drinking as much, which, you know, helps. Um, I spoke to people that I felt like I'd burnt bridges with throughout, you know, that time. I spoke to the person that I'd hit pretty hard um, and sorted all that stuff out and just reached out and talked to people that I, you know, I thought maybe I'd kind of, I don't kind of put a hold on that wrestling on you know, where I could work and stuff. Because, you know, like, I think when you first start wrestling, you have that whole intention of, you know, going to shows and working hard and being respectful, blah, blah. And if that's not to say that I am not res- a respectful person or a nice person, because I, I feel like I am. I just feel like once you've been shot to the moon for three years, I've been told, like, oh, your character works really good. Like, you can wrestle, you can do this, you can do that. I do think sometimes you can get a little bit big-headed and you do start thinking, like, oh, well, you know, I don't need to pay my dues anymore and I don't need to worry about people's opinions and I don't need to be like, well, you know, as long as the fans are happy, like, who who cares what anyone else thinks? And I think that's just a a negative um, place to be mentally. Uh-huh. So, you know, having six months off was great just to clear my head. And then I was just about to come back and then Corona happened. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually been probably really, apart from the odd, I did like a couple, I got like three or four shows in before we went into like lockdown and show stops. It's really been like probably about a year that I've not actually been on a show. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is crazy to think about it. Like, so this whole year out really has has brought me back to the place where I was when I started. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, like, I, I can't wait to start restart because it does feel kind of like a fresh start again. Well, that's good. I, I think it's, um, you know, it, it would have really, uh, without kind of um, go, going, uh, you know, kind of complimenting you too much, but I think that um, you, it would have been a loss to the to the kind of British wrestling scene if you had gone because what you have is so kind of, uh, in my opinion, quite polished. I don't think there's anyone else that does um, kind of the drag, uh, the, you know, the, the drag type thing who, who has kind of the the flair and the um, uh, and just the well-presented brand that, that you have. I really I really do think that you've got something special there. So I'm glad that you uh, I'm glad that you stuck around. 
Thanks, babes. Um, and then just to just to finish up, really, I just wanted to kind of uh, we're, we've both kind of been privy to some kind of concepts that's going to come forward with Pride Pro. We've uh, spoken about, you know, just kind of uh, hearsay about what could happen in the future. And I just wanted to have a bit of a, a chat about where it could possibly go. So, like, um I know that there, there's, you know, uh, none of this is confirmed, but, you know, there could possibly be the first champion crowned on the first show, which is huge. Uh, and whether it's successful uh, or, or, you know, or not, whatever, but um, this could be a promotion that maybe tours around loads of different prides all around the UK. Uh, so there's loads of big surprises to come. So what, what are your thoughts about where this could go or what might happen? Honestly, seeing the reaction that it's been getting online already instagram twitter everywhere um i think it's it really does have legs like i think i think sometimes you have to go big you can't sometimes you can't just start off small i mean that is a good place to start sometimes but if you've got such a ballsy idea of having you know an lgbtq plus community wrestling company Where's better to do it than London Pride? You know, like, with... Honestly, and I cannot stress this enough to people like that are listening, such an incredible lot of people working on it. Like, some of the talent that hasn't been announced that is going to be announced is, in, like, is great. So, like, we've got talent that are working on the show. We've got a good stepping off point with it being London Pride as a first show and I think creatively like the people that are working on it backstage as well like there's going to be stories told within the within the company that isn't just oh they hate each other for being gay or they hate each other for being femme and you know masculine it's not I want to see a mask for mask storyline, you know, like it's going to be, I want to just see different storylines in the, within pride wrestling. And I think it's just got so it's got legs that it can run. And I mean, as soon as we get, you know, the first one out there and hopefully, and I do think it will be because you mean advertising a wrestling show to, to gay and lesbian people and queer people is going to sell out. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like I said, just put on the posters, oiled up muscle men in tiny pants touching each other. <laughs> We're going to, it'll, it'll sell. And hell, you know, the, um, I, I'm, I'm not going to name him at this time, but I can't stress enough as well how I think the promoter who's in charge has just got such a mind for, for wrestling and great stories. And just, um, there couldn't be a better person who uh, to to be in in charge of of booking the show as well? So like like you say, the storylines and there really is going to be a focus on storylines as well. Like these these amazing stories are going to be such a dynamic thing to see unfold, and and that's just going to be so exciting. Um, and also the 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 champion as well. Like you know, if if a champion is crowned, I think that that would would straight away be. Uh, in my opinion, anyway, one of probably the most prestigious championships in the UK because it would be the first ever, um, like fully LGBT, like like heavyweight championship belt, and I think that that means that means so much, and it will mean a hell of a lot to the winner as well. 
Well, exactly. Especially, I mean, you look at the um, intergender title that OTT brought in a couple of years ago at the right time because intergender wrestling, I mean, it still has its moment now that people are talking about it, but it was such a, a big deal like a couple of years ago about like, can men fight women? And then OTT took the step of bringing that title in and it got such a, a big like, I don't know, what's the word? A big feel behind it. Like people cared about the title and it mattered who like held it and who was the first to hold it. So I think with Pride, if they, you know, do decide to have a champion, I think that is such an incredible honour for that person, whoever holds it, um, especially if they can tour it around other promotions as well. And for it to be defended against other people within that LGBT community. That is such a cool idea. That's yeah. something that like I've never I've never considered. If if that could be a legitimate uh, touring championship and to, to to get eyes on the brand for more. If it like you say, if if, if you know if the promotion is just going to be a pride thing, uh, seeing that title on all these different shows all over the year that'll make it so much more prestigious as well. And it also gives other you know queer performers a place to to wrestle because i mean i've not really encountered it with promoters so much so but i know other people have where they will go oh well sorry we can't book we haven't got a place to book two queer performers like well actually if you've got you know the pride pro champion on the show of course you can because they can defend the belt against uh -huh. anyone that's within that community you know it doesn't matter whether you're male female or anything else in between it doesn't it won't matter and it'll 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 give you know it doesn't have it's not even a singles belt it can be defended within like with four people or five people or six or so you know everyone loves a good scramble so if you can get as many as eight people within the community on a card on a show to highlight what they can do that's exciting uh-huh and imagine like an awesome like series of bouts if the, if you know, say say there's a number one contender uh for that belt if they could go to different promotions and and escalate it each time doing a match it it would feel like you know the nwa belt like it would yeah. feel like you know like uh, and and that would be an honor as well yeah. to 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 do that because you know i don't know about you but i'm going for that belt if it starts oh, absolutely it's on i what? i will promise you I'll be after that belt. I think it's just an it's just an exciting concept. I think especially so much so with how wrestling's gone the last couple of years, where it has become personally more progressive, I think, with you know, the people that are involved in wrestling, the people that are, are running shows. I feel like a lot of companies will trip over themselves to have that belt represented on a show. Because even selfishly for them, it'll show that they are open to having any like having other sexualities on a show uh -huh. even if it's for the i mean this is the wrong reason for them to have it on but even if it's just to publicly say or oh, we're cool with lgbt performers that's still a win in 
you know, a queer yeah, yeah. And also from a business point of view as well, I understand why a lot of the time independent promotions, they, they don't want to have uh, another uh, promotions belt on their show. But if this is just a once a year thing that's not colliding with any of their events, why does it matter? Like, it's not like they're, they're promoting, you know, you know, they're showing a belt that, that's going to take away from their custom. It's not going to affect that at all. And um, also, sorry, yeah, but it's like, it's not... Even if it was, even though it's in the wrestling market, it's a Pride wrestling show that runs at Pride. No other wrestling company has that market. Uh-huh. Like, it's not like we're running a show on the same day down the road. Like, it's not we're, not we as in us, but I mean, as in the promotion. It's not like we're stepping on toes. We are, the company is running within the means of itself. It's running for a community, a community event in of itself you know like it's not it's a completely different although it is encased within the wrestling bubble it's it's supposed to be like highlighting an incredible amount of talent that don't doesn't get highlighted enough I totally understand, and that's going to be such a such an exciting thing to come. And it's just fun just sitting here and uh, and shouting about different ideas. But we've only got a few minutes left, so what I want to say now is, without any spoilers, because I know that you know some people that are going to be announced. But let's just throw it out there. Um, uh, apart from the people who have been announced, who do you think would be a lit choice to be on this show? Oh, that is a good question. That is a good question. Now, is budget not a thing? Um, no, just let's just throw it out there because, you know, we don't know how big this thing could go. Exactly. Personally, I would love one. I've got a few. So one, I would love, even though he's American, I would love uh, Fred Rosso or Darren Young, to be on it. Because, I mean, even though he wasn't technically the first out and proud gay person to be wrestling in the WWE... He did make headlines for it. Um, so it'd be cool to have him on the show because also, like, you know, every straight wrestler gets an import. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, come on, give give us some. Um, who else? I mean, Viper. I was just about to say Viper. That would be awesome. She came out as bi, didn't she? So that would be incredible. Especially with, like, just her name on the show will bring such, what's the word? Like Prestige. Yeah, to a, to a show. Because, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter how many eyes, you know, myself or you or, or Cassius have on us. Like, Viper has more. Uh-huh. Because of the platform that she's, she's worked hard to be on. So that would be absolutely incredible if she was on the show. And imagine like the matchups as well that she could have. Like her versus Laura Di Matteo would just be amazing. Like that would be a hard hitting, like absolute. That that would be an absolute testament to the show. I think. Yeah, I would love her. I would love to see her beat ten pounds of shit out of you. If I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's so true. That that, yeah. that 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 would be dope as well. I had a I had a bout with uh Kaylee Ray at BWR and um. And and that that was awesome. I've still got like a gift somewhere of me getting super kicked out of my skull. Oh, yeah, uh, she got, she got yeah, you good. Yeah, that was it. That was a great one. 
Um, but no, thank thank you so much, Vasarj, for uh, for taking the time to speak to me on the VIP lounge. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Have you got anything else to say to anyone out there listening just before you go? No, other than I can't wait for wrestling to come back because I'm I miss it and I'm really excited. And you know, being in the ring for the last twelve weeks and going through drills and punishing ourselves to do it has been incredible so i'm really excited to come back and by the looks of it pride might be the first show back <laughs> so even better even better to start it off really gay oh you're gonna come back after all this training and be like a ring general oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> step aside walter <laughs> thank you so much Visage, uh and i'll see you very soon down the road bye babes and that was my amazing interview with Visage. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in. Once again, you can uh, check everything out on reeseryanbrand.com. I've got my uh, my merchandise on there. If you're wanting to support the brand there, that'll be absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for Pride Pro UK as well. I uh, can't wait to, uh, to get involved with that summer 2021. If you haven't already, guys, as well, check them out on their social medias as well as myself at Reese Ryan Brand and check out Visage as well. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys soon. Peace.